0: hey everybody welcome back to a new episode of bitch breathe i am your host ricardia bramley and today i am joined by livia livia is from switzerland actually and we only just met a very short while ago so what happened was I was staying at a place by the river Rhine in Basel. And that's where I met her on the terrace. Actually, let me go back. I saw her on the street when I was looking out my window and I thought, who the hell is this goddess with like this incredible long mane of hair? But then I forgot again. And then she suddenly shows up on the terrace where I'm staying. So lucky me that I ran into her so I could uh, satisfy my curiosity maybe and ask her more. So I knew I wanted to find out more once we did start talking, which is why she is here today. Welcome, Livia.
1: Thank you so much, (laughs) Ricardo, for this very charming introduction. Yeah, I'm really glad. It was a charming encounter. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
0: I just want to briefly talk about Livia, what she does and why I thought it might be nice to talk to her today. So Livia is a window trainer. Don't worry if you've never heard this. Mm. I hadn't either. Mm. And she's also, because that is not enough, all the stuff she does, she has a doctorate degree in sociology. She studied in NYU, from what I could see. And I could just keep going with these, but I'll just stop right there. But one theme I did recognize in all of the things that Livia does, and it begs to be mentioned, that... She's a fighter for women's rights and is very active in that whole topic and has been for a while. So, Livia, was that the right question or the right thing to say that you are a fighter for women's rights? Would you describe it as a battle, what you do? I
1: guess so. It is a fight. It's kind of a daily fight. But I also want to add that I'm not just fighting by myself. Uh, when I teach Wendell, which is yeah, a form of se- feminist self-defense, it's mainly my participants that I see as the true, you know, lionesses or goddesses uh, to come back to that term. And I learned so much from them and I'm so impressed by how they they actually fight patriarchal violence. And and it's also a very beautiful feeling, yeah, to be in kind of a community with them and to experience those forms of feminist solidarity in my job and in my life in general.
0: I love it. So since you've already dived uh, in, let's find out how did you come to become a Wendo teacher and or trainer? And what is it?
1: So um, it's kind of a cute story. My mom, she's, I would say, a fighter herself. Um, She sent me when I was 11 years old to a Wendo summer camp and I was thrilled I went there with my sister. She also loved it. I was thrilled. Uh we punched, we kicked, we yelled an entire week. But we also did like some self-care days. We gave each other massages. I really have never forgotten those massages. And yeah, it was just so much fun just among girls. Um and I never forgot forgot that experience. And then some years ago, as you mentioned, I mean I'm I'm a, I'm a teacher uh in sociology. I also teach gender-based violence and other forms of discrimination and violence like racism in Switzerland and what we should do about it. It's a huge problem all over the world. So yeah, I teach, but I also then started martial arts. And then one close friend of mine, she said like, Livia, why don't you actually become a Wendell trainer? And that's what I did. So thanks, Meral, for this book. I completed a uh, two years um, long education to become a Wendell trainer. And now I have my own association in Boston and I teach feminist self-defense and self-assertion almost every day. Amazing. This is the first question, right? And then you also asked me what Wendo is. Okay. So Wendo, and yeah, as you said, unfortunately, it's not that widespread and common, but I think it should be. Uh, Wendo is firstly, like the word itself is an abbreviation. Uh, when stands for women. English women, and do means in Japanese path, right? Uh, and perhaps also already now, like, as we talk about women, when do was invented, like, 50 years ago in the 70s in Canada, where I guess the discourse was still, like, very, like, cis-sexist. So they also only talked about women, apparently, back then, uh, when the reality mm-hmm. was different. A lot of genders are affected by patri- patriarchal violence, but it was invented by cis women training karate. Okay. Um, But I would say that Wendell is just, it is really helpful and it should be accessible for all those people who experience patriarchal violence. Okay. Which is not just cis women. Do you want to say something about it, Claudia?
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I I just wanted to come in there because you're talking about women or female identified um, people, I suppose. So is that what the most people have in common who come to you? Is it mostly female identified people who, who comes to you, who finds you and for what reason? Sure. I mean, it's mainly female identified people. Um,
1: so I guess gender is one uh, common denominator that people have. Yeah. When who attend classes, but for instance, also like children who experience bullying come to window classes people who are just interested in self defense uh people who want to learn like in a kind of a safer space uh to kick and yell and scream um and yeah people want to have fun <laughs> so violence is not a precondition you know that you have first hand experience of violence um it's just also out of curiosity uh if you want to empower yourself if you want to experience form of community then wendo is the right thing for you
0: and when they actually come to you, Livia, so you say there's a lot of kicking and yelling, which yeah. to me already sounds like a hugely liberating exercise <laughs> True, that yeah. I definitely could use more of. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm wondering what is sort of the, the mindset, some of the maybe ideas that you also inject into your classes? Because I know it's not just about mm-hmm. the physical aspect.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the main ideas are, I'd say,
1: that you uh, are... Worth to defend yourself, but, but, that, but that's actually also the, the trickiest part in self-defense. To defend yourself, you need a self to defend. You know what I mean? Um, so you have brilliant. Yeah, you have to know that you are worthy of respect and love, and you do not deserve sexual harassment, violence, etc. It's it might sound easy, but it's actually really hard. For a lot of people who have been raised with uh, a mindset that they're not enough, that they're stupid, that they're ugly, that they're fat, et cetera, um, that whatever, that they're not worthy of love and respect. And especially in our society, Mm. as said, which is racist, which is sexist, which is ableist. And those people who, you know, are affected by those power structures, for them, it's even more difficult, you know, to know that they're worth of respect and love. And um, so one really important pillar of our classes is, uh, yeah, self-confidence um, to know that you are valuable and that you have the right to defend yourself. So this is one part. We also practice to say, no, we do role play. We um, mainly practice to defend ourselves and to stand up against people whom we know, you know, because um, when do is, Specialized, let's say, in gen, well, to defend yourself against gender-based violence and the violence that women mainly suffer from is violence from people they know, at the workplace, um, in relationships, um, in your family, etc. It's mostly people. It's mostly men, actually, who transgress our boundaries, whom we know, and this makes it extremely difficult to defend yourself. I guess we all know that feeling, right? Um, We're shocked. We uh, experience this freeze. We don't know what to do. If, for instance, your boss harasses you. If your partner doesn't respect what you just said, you know, and just continues, for instance, also like in a whatever sexual setting. And those are the cases which... Those people might have deserved a high kick in their face, but you might love those people. You might respect them. You might be dependent on them. You might need that job. Mm -hmm. And this makes it so hard to react. And here, Wendell is, I think, a huge, a great tool.
0: I think that's such an interesting distinction that you make here that the violence in whatever form it takes place, um, physical or verbal that it can happen from strangers, but that actually, and this makes it so much trickier. I find it happens more with people, you know, and even I have to say as a mother, as a daughter, as a partner, I find it extremely difficult sometimes to say no. It begins right. with that. It begins It's so, so sneaky and exactly. iterative, exactly. right? I, I, when did I not say no? When did that one time that I didn't say no turn into a pattern of, I'll do this for you. Mm-hmm. I will agree to this. Mm-hmm. I will make myself available for this kind of treatment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important that especially female-identified children say no and say that does not feel good and to be respected. So, yeah. So when you say that we are in a context where we know the people who are treating us this way, then What are some of the things that especially young girls, for example, now are able to do with the dependency on parents? What would be a thing that you would say to a young girl or even a teenager? Mm -hmm. In fact, even a 30 year old woman, (laughs) if she's used to to cooperating, what could be one of the first things to do to say, no, this is not it for me? Mm -hmm. Perhaps
1: the first thing I'd say is that those People, yeah, independently of their age, they shall tra- trust their own feelings and instincts. Because so often when you actually feel this doesn't feel right, um, and you might even be so brave and say something, uh, the reaction is, no, don't be such a drama queen. No, you have to be polite. Now you have to please hug your grand uncle. Be polite, you know, um, be a good girl, blah, blah, blah. And then you actually learn that okay, you're nobody is interested in your opinion. You actually really might be crazy. You might be exaggerating all those things, which is not true. You are not exaggerating. You can really trust your feelings. That's the, really the first thing that I would say to everybody: trust your feelings. And you do have to write, yeah, to choose for yourself whom you want to hug or not. And now this is, uh, of course. Now, easy to say, but you do not have to accept any forms of discrimination at your workplace. But of course, again, if you're in a relationship or dependency, it's really hard, but at least you have the right to speak up and you also have the right to seek help, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you do not have to be, another thing is you do not have to be ashamed if somebody harasses you or is violent towards you. Unfortunately, we feel ashamed when, yeah. When we're harassed, when people grope us, et cetera, we, we feel ashamed, but actually those perpetrators must be ashamed. It's not us. You know, that's also one thing that is, um, I have to say, a bit tricky about when though I actually feel it's the task of those people who are violent to take a class, you know, to take a course and learn some respect. But again, we now doing the job and we learn how to better say no, how to assert ourselves, etc. which when actually the weight all this responsibility should be on those people who apparently are not able to respect our boundaries.
0: Mm-hmm. I find the topics that you mention. What I often discover in myself, and I'm wondering how you handle this. I haven't asked you this before, but I can feel the anger rise. Mm-hmm. Right? I can feel the anger Beautiful. of my own, mm-hmm. of my own powerlessness mm-hmm. as a as a young woman, even now as a woman mm-hmm. in my forties. And I wonder, first of all, how do I deal with this anger? And how do you deal with this? Who listens to and witnesses these kinds of stories every day? Mm. I mean, I guess you kick a lot because (laughs) you're a window. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. But I'm wondering, as I'm not a window trainer, I can feel, I hear you. I listen to what you're saying. And I have two things that happen. I have so much longing to be with more women in my life. And I get angry yeah. and I can't always lose that anger. Yeah. Um, what what do you do? How to transform it right. in some way. Do I have to, by the way, well, transform it? Not <laughs> necessarily. So first,
1: Ricardo, I think you should sign up for a window class for sure. <laughs> to experience I, I thought that the yeah, last time to experience was, this community yeah. which is just gorgeous. Second thing, I love that you get angry. That's great. You're actually we're in a way already having we're having a class in class online right now. Um, and we are, you know, we're learning from each other, which is part of the class too. Mm-hmm. So I love your anger. Allow yourself to be angry. It's great. There's so many reasons in our world to be angry and it's good that you're angry. Unfortunately, yeah, women are often, girls are often taught, yeah, don't be angry, whatever, be polite, blah, blah, blah. And women often, their anger, they, they, turn it inwards you know what i mean or they get sad yes. or they get self destructive and they they're afraid to let this anger out which is also it's a very gendered reaction to violence actually um to violent situations and it's beautiful it's great it's courageous to be angry and to show that anger um And it's also one thing that we train in Wendell. The other thing that what you just said that, yeah, should you also let let go sometimes, right? To be angry. And I understand you cannot be, or I myself, I don't want to be angry the whole day.
0: Hmm.
1: It's it's not the most pleasant feeling always, you know, I also want to have fun. I want to be happy. I want to smile sometimes, right? And it's also in Wendell, for instance, at every class, or we try to do that every class, to, you know, finish the class, with pops, so a massage. We want to relax a bit, and we want to also let go of all those very nasty or whatever, very uh, upsetting, um, exercises or chats or discussions that we just had about toxic relationships or whatever. And so it's also good, you know, to then distance yourself again because you, it's hard yes. to always be in that anger but it's also good to really sometimes delve into it and to also let it out and towards actually towards those people who deserve it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. We don't always get a chance. I, I think mean, that no. is one of the most unfair aspects is that those who, who put it there, I can no longer talk to. And if I did, I'd probably just want to smack them or yeah. something. But um, sure. I just love the idea of putting um, also female identified people, uh, people into this situation where they can physically get rid of yes. anger and like you said anger in the female version is always hysteria. Exactly. Oh she's so hysterical. Mm-hmm. She's unbalanced. Oh, yeah. She can't regulate her she's emotions. Menstruating. And mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And the the you know the problem with the menstruating thing is sometimes I do feel out of control when I, I have see. that period of time mm-hmm. when I'm PMSing mm-hmm. and I feel like All this saying yes in the first two weeks of my cycle is turning into a no for the second. (laughs) You know what? My body just wanted to be fertilized, but here's the real me and I'm fucking (laughs) angry. (laughs) Okay. Ricardo,
1: you can also always say no after two weeks, you know, because sometimes it's hard to say no uh, right away. It's hard, but you do have to write to say no two weeks later, five years later, 30 years later. No problem. I love that. Sure.
0: Time-delayed response is better than none at yeah, all. Yeah, it's all good. And it's yeah. also
1: understandable if you yeah. can't say anything.
0: That's And it, this
1: actually is not a yes, it's a no.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. So I want to ask you, Livia, because we all, a lot of us, have now gone through this latest wave of feminism. There's a lot of information and history available to us. Mm-hmm. We've gone through... Several uh, waves, like I said, of feminism from burning bras to even before getting the vote. Mm -hmm. Why aren't we further along in this whole process? How come there is still this huge need to get help as female identified people? Because I always feel like shouldn't we be further like this whole wave of feminism right now? I went through that 30 years Mm -hmm. ago and then we all went to sleep. Why aren't we? (laughs) Why
1: aren't we further yet? What do you think? Well, I think, and I'm sure, you did not go to sleep, Ricardia, for the past 30 years. You have been fighting all along. Um, and so many other people did the same. It's a very tough question, Ricardia. I wish I had the answer because then, Pops, I don't know yeah. if it would be easier. Um, so I tried to approach Bob's form of answer, my personal answer now, from two sides. On the one hand, I think, and I want to try to link all, those, all of that back to Wendell, I think it's, um, well, gender-based violence is a systemic systemic problem. I mean, it's not just, I think, I know, uh, gender-based violence is a systemic problem. It's not an individual problem. It's a political problem. And politics, yeah, it's hard and complicated. Um, gender-based violence is, it's not just a side effect, but in a way, a standing pillar of patriarchy right? It's not just collateral damage. It is a mm-hmm. means to keep people silent, to keep people obedient. And it really furges and it enables exploitation, economic exploitation, if you know what I mean. Um, so it's a very, how should I say? It's a good means uh, to an end, you know, to profit from a huge group of people, you know, if you can just keep them quiet and be violent towards them. It's a systemic thing. That's my first part. And the second part is that gender-based violence is very widespread. A lot of people are involved with it, you know, Uh, also in our families, in our relationships. um, Many people, unfortunately, perhaps the majority of people that we know are involved in it. And this is a hard realization because it's always easy to say, yeah, Oh, it's those people, you know, who are violent. Oh, those evil foreigners, for instance, also, again, a very racist discourse that is very, very prevalent in Switzerland, for instance, and I'm sure also in Germany too, et cetera. Yes, yes, um, absolutely. So it's always easy to point our fingers towards other people, but then to actually realize, well, hmm, I also have those parts. I myself also have transgressed, pops and also as a woman, right? Uh, the boundaries of other people. Um, It's it's hard. And it's a big taboo, you know, and unfortunately those people who have experienced violence, they are shamed. They are shamed, you know, they, uh, for them, it's extremely hard to talk about it because it's a huge taboo. Mm. Um, and I think that's also the taboo is for me also one part why we are not further along because those people who are brave enough, who speak up, they're silenced, they're shamed, they're gaslighted, they're blamed, etc. So for me, this is also one answer. And perhaps to link it back to Wendor, because of those two reasons, it's not just an individual's training, you know, some self-defense. Okay, let's practice mm-hmm. some kicks. But we do um, talk about political change. We try to be politically active in our lives. We inspire each other. Um, we break that silence and we break that taboo.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. So last question for you, Livia, since we already talked about the fact that this is a systemic situation, I also think it's highly internalized where Mm -hmm. I myself have not been trained to ask and demand certain things. Mm -hmm. So since we probably can't wait for everyone else to wake up and, you know, stop being assholes. Yeah, right. You know, and, and our inner asshole as well. But no, for real, what can we do in the meantime to educate ourselves? So that maybe because, you know, we have to be the change. It's not going to be like everyone's going to suddenly wake up mm-hmm. and realize that things aren't going well. As long as I'm benefiting from a system, I'm true. going to use it's that true. system. That's just a human condition. Yeah. That's not even somebody being a jerk. Right. right? Um, but what what are some of the things you said to be politically active? I'm I'm guessing to that there are groups that you join who who, who are politically active, who mm-hmm. do stuff. For sure. Um, I mean, Okay,
1: a lot of people perhaps have anxiety or don't want to join, you know, a group or they perhaps cannot for many reasons, cannot leave the house or whatever. But luckily, I mean, there are also ways to be active where you don't have to physically go somewhere, especially in those pandemic times, right? So perhaps there might be political campaigns online that you can join or you can Be active also, very importantly so, to educate yourself, to inform others, etc. In terms of um, political actions, yeah, I mean, it's huge. Perhaps you can add some links in your show notes about, yeah, where to be politically active, be it in Berlin or in other cities.
0: It's also, it's decision, right? Like, do I want to get political? I mean, everything personal is political, but that doesn't mean I want to step out there.
1: Exactly. Everything personal is political. Exactly. And even, you know, to empower yourself is such a brave and political act, you know, to actually reject, uh, um, to be abused, to reject, to be exploited. It's such a political act to stand up for yourself and to know you have, you do not deserve this form of violence. And perhaps if you can, you know, even... Talk with friends about that, perhaps with some family members, um, to ask your friend, have you also already experienced something like that? Because unfortunately, more than 50% of female identified people, they in their whole lifetime never talk about the violence that they have experienced. So even to address the issue is so brave, is so political and yeah, deserves mm. so much um, respect.
0: That's, I love that, that idea that, you know, just seek out the yeah, conversation. Exactly. It doesn't have to be the biggest political no. campaign. Just talk to someone exactly. who feels something's going on. Maybe ask a question or two, mm-hmm. you know, not be too afraid mm-hmm. to address it. Maybe exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you have a yeah. friend who think, hmm,
1: she has been a bit sad in the, po- in the past weeks, she um, doesn't yeah seem to be feel fine pops also in a relationship ask her you know ask her in a very like sweet way uh, con- confront the issue don't be afraid don't be sad on yourself.
0: Thank you so much, Livia. I learned again. Every time we speak, I feel like I learned so much. And I already Same. just the conversation feels like, yes, I want to do more. Sure. Know? So uh, I really love that. So to conclude, where can people find you, find Wendo So they can find myself on the terrace that we met. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so you can find me, well,
1: Wendor Basel is on Insta and Facebook. And we have a website minus Basel.ch pops you can add it in the show notes Ricardio
0: definitely I'll add all sure.
1: the all the handles. but if you don't have the privilege like Ricardo to come to Basel um I'm sure mm-hmm. there might be uh, a Wendo or another form of feminist self-defense association in your hometown um luckily Wendo exists almost all over the world really On almost every continent. So yeah, Google it um, and you might find a community. It'd be great. If you don't find it, it. please just drop me an email and I help you find
0: it. And I will uh, put all the notes up there so they'll definitely be able to seek you out. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Livia. Bye. bye -bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.